Episode 2, World War II. War. The Allies are under attack by the ruthless Axis, Adolf Hitler. In a stunning move, the United States enters the war after Japan attacked American naval base at Pearl Harbor. It is a dark time for the world, but Operation Overload, or D-Day, will save people and restore freedom to countries under German control. Hi, I'm Miss Hinojosa and this is my podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to have a conversation about anything and everything social studies. I hope this podcast will help you with your assignments and make you feel like we are in class, at least for a couple minutes. Hi everyone, welcome to episode two of my podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed the first episode about the Great Depression and you found it informational and you learned a lot. Today we're going to go ahead and move to the Second World War. Um, So some facts about World War II. Um, It lasted for six years, so it started from 1939 all the way until 1945. It involved many countries around the world picking a side and fighting against each other. Kind of like friends when they're not getting along going to you and saying, you need to pick who you're going to be friends with. Are you going to be friends with me or are you going to be friends with them? Because if you pick them then I'm not going to talk to you and be your friend anymore. And if you pick me, well, you can't be their friend and you can't talk to them. So full-on drama, but with almost every single country in the world. So before we jump in, um, I want to introduce some vocabulary to you. This vocabulary is on slide four of your assignment this week. So go ahead and click into slide four. Our first word is Global means worldwide, meaning not just one location, not just one country. It means multiple countries. We have uh, combat, which is fighting. Soldiers go into combat all the time during a war. We have decorate. is It means to give medals and awards for special military services. We have evidence, which is... Things that show or offer proof of what happened. So we have evidence from pictures or primary sources that you're going to see today. Then we have liberation, meaning freedom. We have memorial, which is a monument built in memory of a person, group, or an event. Then we have expansion, meaning become bigger. Like as in the U.S., we expanded to the West, so we got a lot bigger. And then we have civilian a person who is not in the military or the police force. So for those of you in my class, it's like muggles and wizards. So if you're not a wizard like someone in the military or police force, then you're a muggle. Sorry, you're a civilian. So like me, I'm a civilian or muggle, if you will. So what you're going to do is you're going to use these vocabulary words and you are going to complete slide five to the best of your ability. Go ahead and pause this podcast right here, complete slide five, and come back. I'll be waiting. All right, let me introduce the teams and key players of World War II. In one corner, we have Team Axis, which is Germany, Italy, and Japan. You can kind of think of them like Team Thanos if you're into the Marvel movies. They're trying to restore what they think is right in the world. So they think that Germany um, or any of those nations 
should control more land. This team is led by Adolf Hitler, a dangerous dictator with his Nazi political party and his own beliefs, who wants to take back land that was lost during World War I and more. So Hitler was a part of Germany, which is a big powerhouse in this war. In the other corner, we have team allies, which are Great Britain, France, the Soviet Union or Russia, and the United States. You can think of them like Team Avengers. They're trying to stop Team Thanos from fulfilling what they think is right, their duty. So Team Avengers, Team Allies are here to stop um, those countries from taking over the world, basically. This team is led by Britain and France. Um, they did not appreciate Team Axis's aggression um, and their involvement in taking over countries that already had rulers. So... On slide six of your assignment, you will locate and place the three circles around each of the Axis nations. To find each Axis nation, you're going to use the key on the bottom left of the slide. That will help you. When you get done with that, you are going to place a red star on the United States. So you can kind of see how close they were or how far away they were from the United States. Um, so... Please pause this podcast right now and come back when you are done. So before we get into the U.S. involvement in this war, I want to give you some facts on how this war actually started. It all happened in 1936. German armies began taking land that the nation had lost in the First World War. The leaders of Britain and France urged Hitler to stop his aggression, but they didn't try to block him. They were just like, whoa, dude, hold on, slow down, what are you doing? The, um, also, the British and French people didn't want to go to war again. They were already in the first war. They were kind of tired at this point of fighting. But in 1939, Hitler invaded Poland, and Britain and France declared war. They were like, you know what, I've had enough. You need to stop, and we're going to stop you. By 1940, again, one year, Germany had conquered France, one of our leaders of Team Allies. Britain now stood alone against Germany and suffered terrible attacks for months. Now, you have already located where Team Axis is in, on the map from your first task. You should have noticed that between our Team Axis nations and the United States, we have an ocean in between us. We have a huge body of water. So the U.S. was a little hesitant joining right away with this war because we we're farther away than Britain or France was. We felt a little safer. We also wanted to be like isolated on our own. We didn't want to be kind of caught up in other nations' drama, kind of like friends, you know, drama. You just kind of stay away from it, let it play out. Um, and back at home, we were noticing what was happening. We were reading about it. We were getting information from these countries about what was happening across the sea. And we were debating whether to join the fight or not. And this was a hard decision to make because we just got out of the Great Depression. 
People were finally starting to work again and our economy was getting stronger. In the U.S., we didn't know if we would survive this war. We saw France get defeated by Germany. Two big powerhouses. And one of them fell. We didn't know if we could even survive this. So the U.S. decided to stay out of the war, at least for now. We decided to lend Britain 50 warships and other resources just to help them, going, you know what, we cannot get in on this fight, but let us help you because we notice that you need it. You need some backup. Um, and because we did that, we know Germany and Italy and Japan were watching us. So as a precaution, the U.S. passed the, uh, the Selective Service Act. This required one million young men to serve in the military. This is known as the draft. The U.S. built up, it built up its army, air force, and navy because we weren't taking any chances. We knew Germany and all those other team axis, was, they were watching this now. On December 7th, 1941, this is when the U.S. was pushed into fighting this war. Because Japan launched a surprise attack on the United States. They attacked us at Pearl Harbor, uh, a Navy base in Hawaii. The first Japanese bombers arrived early in the morning. They had taken off from the decks of aircraft carriers far out at sea. The Japanese bombers sank or damaged 15 American warships and destroyed nearly 200 planes. More than 2,000 soldiers and sailors from this base were killed in this attack. The following day, May 8, 1941, Congress declared war on Japan. We are now part of Team Allies. We are now fighting this war. You can think of this like at the, like the end of Avengers Endgame, when the portals all open up and everyone comes through to back up Cap and the rest of the Avengers to defeat Thanos. We're basically everyone from the portals coming out. While our men were fighting across the sea, back at home, Americans did many things to help the war efforts. Many auto workers learned a new trade. Their factories were converted to wartime use, and the workers stopped making cars and started making planes, tanks, and bombs. For the most part, American life went unchanged. Americans had money and they had jobs. The only downfall was that food and fuel became scarce during the war. Scarce meaning there was only a little bit of it. Because soldiers needed food, they were sent food. Their planes, tanks, and ships needed fuel. We sent fuel. Americans at home had to learn to get by without some things uh, or with less of it. In 1942, the U.S. government set up a rationing system. A rationing system limits the amount of scarce goods people can buy, like sugar, butter, meat, eggs. And when I was researching this war, I kept thinking about how grocery stores today had, um, they either have or had a rationing system in place. Like, you couldn't go to H-E-B or Walmart and buy 10 things of toilet paper. You know, you'll read signs that say, please think of others. Please limit your purchase to one of these items, right? Because 
we need to make sure everyone has enough. We need to make sure these stores have enough for everyone to buy. It kept things equal, just like they had to do back then. We have now during this time with us. Um, and because the food was scarce and much of the food grown on American farms uh, was shipped overseas to feed the Allied troops, many Americans started planting victory gardens, just like they did with the First World War. These vegetable plots popped up in backyards, public spaces, all over the country. And in 1943, Americans planted about 20 million victory gardens. You can see this on slide 7. On slide 7, you can see a picture of some victory gardeners showing, their, um, showing off their, their vegetables. On this slide, I would like you to answer the following question. How do you feel about the small but helpful contributions Americans made um, by growing their own food during the war? I want you to pause this podcast, and when you are done, come back and press play. In 1941, President Roosevelt issued an order that banned discrimination in war industries. As the demand for war goods grew, so did the demand for labor. And more African Americans got better paying, skilled factory jobs because of this. By the end of the war in 1945, African Americans held 8% of the jobs in war industries. African Americans in the armed forces faced racial discrimination too. Segregation in the military meant they could only serve in all black units. They weren't allowed to kind of mix with other races, just like we have today. We have integration today. Back then, that wasn't a thing. They weren't allowed to earn promotions to leadership roles, and they were kept out of many skilled jobs. Until 1941. African-American pilots could not serve in the armed forces. Pressure from civil rights groups led to the formation of the Tuskegee Airmen. This squadron of African-American pilots and support crew was named if, um, by its training location in Tuskegee, Alabama. By the end of the war, 355 Tuskegee pilots served overseas, flying hundreds of successful missions. For their bravery and service, many of the airmen received military awards, including Purple Hearts and Distinguished Flying Crosses. You can see a picture of the Tuskegee Airmen on slide 9. While the men were fighting the war, about 6 million women joined the workforce. About a third of them ended up in war industries. They worked in aircraft factories and shipyards. Some did jobs they already knew but many trained for jobs that traditionally only men did, including building equipment and weapons. Before World War II, women could serve as nurses, radio operators, or clerks in the armed forces, but most other military jobs were closed to them. A bill allowed women to enlist in the military was passed in Congress in 1942. The government urged women to join, and about 300,000 women did. Women served in a wide range of military jobs. Some were mapping specialists or language translators. A select few became pilots. 
They flew fighters and bombers from one base to another. Women did not take part in combat, although nurses tended the wounded in war zones. After Pearl Harbor, Americans began to fear what might happen next. Japanese forces, they thought, could cross the Pacific Ocean and invade the United States. Most Japanese Americans lived near the West Coast. Japan, uh, Japanese Americans were targeted during this time in history. In February 1942, two months after the bombing of Pearl Harbor, President Roosevelt issued an order that said that Americans could be forced to move out of certain areas if they might be a threat to the country's security. About 110,000 people of Japanese ancestry were affected. Two-thirds were American citizens. By the end of March, they had been forced to leave their homes in California, Oregon, Washington, and Arizona. They had to give up their way of life and most of their possessions. They were moved to guarded camps away from the coast. These places were called internment camps. Each camp was like its own town, surrounded by barbed wire and guard towers. This atrocious practice lasted from 1942 to 1945. So, after a long war, Hitler was defeated and German forces surrendered May 8th. Huge crowds celebrated throughout the Allied countries, but the war was not done. Japan was still fighting. After the U.S. dropped atomic bombs on Japan, the war finally ended on September 2nd, 1945. Now we have arrived to the final two tasks. Answer the following on slide 11. Think about everything you've learned about World War II. Think about why the country went to war and how people's lives changed because of it. How did the war change people's lives? Did it change for the better or did it change for the worse? And give me some information. Give me some facts. Your second task is on slide 12. It is called World War II Sequence Skills Practice. You need to know that some historical events are not described in order, time order, or sequence. To help you follow the sequence of events, you need to use the dates that are given as well as the words such as earlier, later, and after. In the paragraph, the event that happened first is underlined. You need to tell me what happened after that, what happened after that, and what happened last. So there you have it. Everything you need to know about the Second World War. This war really changed the way we all treated each other, all these different nations. Um, we have our allies to this day. Britain, France, we've gained a couple, Germany. We have a ton of allies and we are stronger together. In the United States, we also had huge steps forward. We have women who weren't typically working at that time, staying at those jobs and getting more skilled jobs and being allowed to do more things than before, even when the soldiers came back and the men came back to the factories. A lot of women stayed. Um, a lot of them joined the military. 
This also changed the way we looked at other races. We took one huge step forward to integration. Instead of separating people based off of the color of their skin, we are now one step closer to mixing everyone together. So this war, even though it was long and it was a tough war on everyone, helped change the United States for the better, helped change the world for the better. So if you have any questions, feel free to ask. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. I'm Miss Inahosa, and I will talk to you guys next week.